Hey guys, welcome back to the Road to Madness podcast. I'm Matt Giglio. I'm Min Dong. Three weeks until the college basketball season tips off. Yes, sir. Three weeks and uh, still a lot of time left uh, for us. We still have a lot of conferences left to go. This is kind of the transition point. So uh, we're starting off with the uh, quote-unquote high majors. Uh, we know sometimes we do not count the West Coast Conference as a high major or a low major. Uh, so we don't really know where to classify them. So we're putting them here as the last one to make the transition a little bit easier. So, uh, yeah, West Coast Conference looking pretty good this year once again. Very excited to get to it. And uh, from now on, until the season starts, we are going every other day. So very excited to get to it today as uh, we got a long ways to go till the season begins. Yeah, maybe even back-to-back because that's how much time is left in the college basketball season. But we do have some breaking news. The AP preseason poll has finally come out. The top 25, obviously. Uh, yeah, should I just should I just get right get right to naming them? Let's get right to it. Yeah, so uh, 63 AP voters, the number one team, 60 of uh, getting 60 of uh, 55 of the 63 votes. Gonzaga, obviously, at number one. The other eight votes went to the number two team. The number two team, UCLA. Number three, Kansas. Four, Villanova. The number five team, your favorite program. Texas Longhorns, I see you hooking those horns right now. Number six, Michigan, seven, Purdue, eight, Baylor, nine, Duke, 10, Kentucky, 11, Illinois, 12, Memphis, 13, Oregon, 14, Alabama, 15, Houston, 16, Arkansas, 17, Ohio State, 18, my favorite program, Tennessee, 19, North Carolina, 20, Florida State, 21, Maryland, 22, Auburn, and number 23, the only mid-major team in the AP Top 25, St. Bonaventure, number four, Connecticut, and number five, Virginia. Number tw- uh, two teams receiving other votes, or the most receiving votes, Michigan State and Indiana. What are your thoughts? Yeah, man, it's always a great time when the AP poll comes out, especially for the preseason, and it's just kind of cool to see all the changes that will be made to this poll as the season progresses. Um, overall, I think this is a pretty good list uh, for preseason terms of things. Obviously, we know Gonzaga is the consensus number one team, a team that has been the past couple of years uh, with, obviously, the talent they have and the teams they play kind of makes sense. UCLA at two, a very good decision as well. Obviously, I'm going to be very excited to watch that rematch with UCLA and Gonzaga. Uh, I don't remember the exact date for that game, but I know it is happening this year. And also, Gonzaga and Texas are playing this year as well in the early half of the year. So uh, overall, I think this is a very good list. My one question, why is Villanova number four? I think Texas, I think Texas, Michigan, Purdue, I think a good amount of teams are better than Villanova right now, in my personal opinion. I'd probably put Villanova outside of the top 10, in my personal opinion, as well. Um, actually, maybe maybe at the bottom half of that top 10. But uh, overall, I think it's a very good list. And uh, my one concern also, a team that did not get love, Virginia Tech. I think Virginia Tech should definitely be in here over Virginia, in my personal opinion. But a uh, very good list overall, if I do say so myself. Yeah, I was just about to point that out. Uh, Virginia Tech should be in the top 25. I definitely think they're a top 25 team. But that's why we have our own top 25 coming real soon. Um, but yeah, let's just get started with the West Coast Conference previews. Obviously, I think the West Coast Conference is a high major this year with all the teams they have this year. I think I think this is a year that they could get more than two bids. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening this year, especially last year. If you look at what they had coming, obviously Gonzaga was the number one seed, and BYU was the eleventh seed. Uh, they lost in the first round to who else? But uh, UCLA. So uh, two very good teams made it from the West Coast Conference. I think it could definitely be. 
more than a two bit as well this year, especially. So, uh, are we going to get the rundown today, or is, or is that the last time we're giving it? Uh, I say, I say we give it one more time. But yeah, player of the year, dark horse, and this conference has ten teams, so we'll be going from ten to one. That is the final reminder. So, who is your West Coast Conference player of the year? Yes, sir. My uh, West Coast Conference Player of the Year, uh, no else than the freshman Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga. Obviously, the number one player in the class of 2021. Great, great player, and obviously he has a lot of skill. Being a seven-one guard who can play point guard, not seven-one center who can play the guard position very nicely. So, uh, you saw what he did uh, over this summer with the USA U19 team. Uh, they, he was one of the key pieces. I believe he won Player of the Tournament if I am not mistaken, but uh, Chet Holmgren, man, everyone knows about him, and uh, he's definitely going to bring a lot of surprise to Gonzaga in year one. I know there's a lot of other guys you could go with. You could maybe put Drew Timmy as in there as well. I think Chet Holmgren, though, will be the phenom of this Gonzaga Bulldogs team this season. I definitely agree with you. Uh, I'm going to go with a non-Gonzaga player because, you know, I'm not really a Gonzaga fan. I'm going with Alex Barcelo here of BYU, 16 points. Five rebounds, four and a half assists last year as a senior. So he is back for his fifth and final year of college basketball. Uh, 16 points, obviously, and very effective. 48% from three-point range. So he is a he is a sniper. He is the best player easily on BYU. And big season for him coming up next year, especially in the fifth year. And BYU, good team. Yeah, BYU is a very good team. Barcelo, man, he is a fantastic player. He was he was the key component to that BYU team and their success last year. Definitely see that happening once again this year in his fifth year, like you said. Now moving to the Dark Horse teams. There's a lot of good Dark Horse teams you could have picked. I have a couple of low-tier ones I'll talk about in today's episode, but uh, my main Dark Horse is going to be San Francisco, also known as San Fran. Four stars and some of the bench players do return for this team. A very decent season, I'd say, last year. Um, I believe they finished – I believe they finished – fifth in this conference or maybe sixth uh, they didn't do as well as we thought they were going to originally coming into the season last year but uh they do return top two options in Jamari Buya and also Khalil Shabazz two very good high scorers for this team also because pretty underrated transfers I'd say Zane Meeks from Nevada and also my man Patrick Tape if you want to be political with it from Duke coming in also from Columbia the year prior but I'm very excited to see what San Fran has in store this team could be very good they did lose some guys like Charles Midland and a couple other guys, but I still think with Booyah and Shabazz, this team should definitely be elite. Yeah, uh, San Fran finished seventh last year. Very good dark horse team this year. My dark horse team, St. Mary's, not a good year uh, for my program standards last season, but this year should be completely different. The top 10 of this team is coming back. Tommy Cousy, obviously, will lead this team. This team is always a good defensive team in the conference, always number one or number two in all defensive stats. And they're always a competitive team. I think St. Mary will be back this year. Definitely, indeed. And uh, there's also a couple other dark horses you could go with. We'll mention a couple of them in today's episode. And, uh, yeah, so I think without further ado, let's just get started with this top ten. Um, the bottom three teams, unfortunately, they are very easy to rank. Number ten, especially, unfortunately. Uh, always, as always a last-place team. West Coast Conference definitely has a last-place team. It has had a last-place team for the past I'd say five years or so, it's Portland. Not too much to say about Portland. No stars returning. Sorry. Um, you can talk about them a little bit as well. Yeah. Uh, new coaching staff in play, obviously. Hired the coaching staff of Eastern Washington, which was a very good coaching staff. Going to be a long rebuild for this program. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. It would have been very nice if they could cash out on one of the Grove, uh, one of the Grove brothers, if they cashed out on zero of them, unfortunately. So now we move to number nine. Number nine, a team not familiar with being in the bottom three in the past couple of years, Pepperdine. Uh, Pepperdine, man, they had a pretty decent season last year, and they were just a team that had a lot of success these past couple of seasons as well. Didn't really get over the hump because uh, they didn't have the, as much talent as some of these top-heavy top heavy teams in the West Coast Conference. But uh, two stars and most of the bench drew return, though, for this upcoming season. It's a rebuild year, definitely, especially. They lose two franchise greats. Uh, Colby Ross, obviously one of the best players, and also your man Kessler Edwards. Uh, you thought he was going to be a first-round pick, and uh, did he end up being a first-round pick? I don't remember. Being the 45th pick. Okay, so he fell just a little bit short of that with your bold prediction. But, uh, yeah, with that being said, 35 points per game between these two guys is being lost. So I think Pepperdine definitely took a huge step back, and t- definitely in terms of the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. And the defensive side of the ball with Edwards being gone. Sorry. Yeah, uh, like you said, two program grades are gone. Edwards was actually the defensive player of the year, I believe, in the West Coast Conference last year. And, yeah, two program grades gone. The rebuild starts once again. Indeed it does. And now moving to number eight. Number eight, Pacific is right here. Uh, three stars and some of the best drew return for Pacific. Nothing can come close, though, to that 2018-2019 season. Pacific shocked everybody, and they were a very great team that season. Uh, last year we knew they were going to take a step back, and they definitely did. But this year they should be an all right team. I know Bond three doesn't look to be good, but uh, that that's pretty decent, I'd say, in the West Coast Conference, especially this season. Uh, but yes, they returned two top options in Jeremiah Bailey and also Pierre Crocker, Crockwell, excuse me, the third. So Pacific should be all right this season, but uh, it's going to be very hard to compete with these top seven teams. Yeah, definitely agree with you. Pacific at number eight. The glory days are gone. Obviously, their glory days, just two years removed from them. While they do return uh, about half of their team, they aren't as talented as they once were. They will be very competitive, though. I just don't think they'll find wins in this conference this year. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And uh, number seven now, a team that has also seen a little bit of the same experience as Pacific probably will this season, San Diego right here for me. Three stars and most of the benches do return for San Diego, but uh, this team definitely on the rise in the West Coast Conference. I believe they finished second to last last year in the conference, if I do believe. But, uh, yes, lots of chances are coming in, led by Jace Townsend coming in from Denver. Also, Joey Calcara and Josh Parrish return as the top two options. Low tier dark horse in my eyes, San, Fran- uh, San Diego, excuse me. Should be a very good team, but like another team that might fall uh, fall victim to these uh, top five teams because these top five teams definitely in a tier of their own, especially in this West Coast Conference. Yeah, definitely agree with you. At number seven, a different team for me. I got Santa Clara here. Three starters, some bench return. Very underrated team. They love to shoot the ball. They love to run and shoot the ball. And, yeah, uh, Mass Native Cameron Tung, he's, he's committed to Santa Clara. He's going to play this year, so shout out to him. Yeah, definitely shout out to him. Uh, I've seen him play a couple times. I've never played against him, though, thankfully, but uh, he seems to be a very talented player from what I can tell. I think I, I, think I uh, did the scoreboard for one of their games at Mass Premier with uh, Casey Simmons, him, and uh, all that uh, Boston Rivals team. Uh, this was a couple years ago now, but I still remember that game because they were dunking all over the place. But, uh, yes, Santa Clara here for me at number six. Three stars, some of the bench do return. This seems very underrated, I think. Uh, also, Joseph Van Crick, Jalen Williams, and Keyshawn Justice, the top three coming back. Also, like you said, shout out to Mass Native Aaron Tongue. I think this team should be a very under-the-radar team in the West Coast Conference this year. But uh, it depends on how talented and how much that chemistry can gel right away because uh, it's going to be very hard with some of these teams being above them that are already really gelled and have that experience in town that Santa Clara probably doesn't have just yet. Mm-hmm. Like you said, uh, we flip-flop here, actually. Number six, I have San Diego. 
a very solid team coming back. I know they finished ninth last year. You were right, ninth. Um, but most of the team back, they did well in the transport. They got Jace Townsend from Denver and Marcellus Erlington from St. John's. I think this team uh, is, is on the rise. Yeah, this, this team is definitely on the rise. I 100% agree with you there. And uh, we'll see what happens as this season goes on. But uh, I believe Jace Townsend is a grad transfer, so I think he will be gone after this year. But uh, we'll see what they can do in this year. Uh, and maybe they'll hopefully bring some more success in the years to come. But now approaching the top five, this is where the real bulk of the episode begins. Because uh, these top five teams, I think all five of these teams have a chance to get a bid uh, for the Marsh Mass tournament this season. I know we could say the, the bottom five has a chance. Like San Diego, Santa Clara are in their own tier. I think the bottom three probably do not have a chance this year. These top five are all competing for a bid for Marsh Madness. So now starting with number five. Number five, I do have BYU here at number five. Very low for them, I know. But uh, three stars and a good amount of bench do return for this BYU team. They had a very good season, like I talked about earlier. They lost to UCLA in the first four um, of the uh, – no, they did not lose in the first four. They lost in the first round um, of, obviously, March Madness. But uh, they do return Alex Barcel, like you talked about, your uh, West Coast Conference Player of the Year. Also bring in to John Lucas from Milwaukee and Sneka Knight from LSU. They seem to be pretty good, but I don't know if they'll compete to the same success they had last year. So I got them dropping a couple spots with some other teams moving on the rise. Mm-hmm. At number five for me, I have Loyola Marymount. All starters are back. Always by Eli Scott. If you don't know who Eli Scott is, he was high school teammates with all the Ball brothers and uh, Okongwu, Oyeka Okongwu, and that was that was probably the greatest public school starting lineup in, in high school basketball history. What what do you think about that? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think I do agree with that as well. Obviously, you got three or uh, three and a half NBA yeah. players. I, I don't know if you count Langella Ball as an NBA player just yet. I know he's on a contract. I believe he's now in the G League, so give it three and a half. Eli Scott, a very, another very good player. I don't know if he'll make it to that level of the NBA. Definitely could get a G League uh, roster spot uh, next year, but he's been in the uh, NCAA for a while now, it seems, and he's going to be one of the seasoned veterans in this conference. So I'm very excited to see what he can do. But, yeah, that Chino Hills team was fantastic to watch. They did cherry pick, don't get me wrong, but uh, still very fun and very high entertaining games to watch. Yeah, but like you said, Eli Scott's been in college for a while. This is his fifth year at Loyola Marymount and his final year. Uh, depth could be an issue here, but easily a top five team. And uh, this team could really uh, well play spoiler in this conference. And shout out to the best of college basketball, best hair reward. It goes to Kelly Lupepe. Yeah, I think that's how you say it, so uh, shout out to you. But uh, yeah, LMU, Loyal Maryland looks very good this year. I'm doing Minnesota Switch right away, though, as I put them a little bit too high. I'm putting them here at number four. Uh, this team's very good. Like you said, all five starters and some of the bench players do return. This team looks to emerge as a team who compete with some of these top dogs. And this team, uh, last year I'd say they were on the cusp of doing that in some games, but they did not have the full edge. Um, I think they're in a tier two position last year. If you look at three tiers in the West Coast Conference this year, definitely I think they are a tier one team with all these guys coming back. You talked about Eli Scott. You talked about Kelly uh, Le Poupe or Le Coupe or I don't know how to say it. But also you got Domaine Douglas coming back as well. So watch out. This team can be very dangerous. That's why I have them here at number four. Mm-hmm. And it's time for my mid-episode switch. Uh, my dark horse will be at number four. That is St. Mary's. Obviously, like I said, top ten back. I just feel like they don't have it. Uh, offensively in them to be in the top three. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Obviously, St. Mary's a very bad season last year in terms of their recent success in the prior years prior. I think this team will still be very good, though. I do have them here at – oh, excuse me. 
I have San Francisco here at number three. I do have St. Mary's at number two. I'll talk about them a little bit later. But, yeah, San Francisco, my dark horse here, is at number three. This team is very good. I think this team is legit this year, especially, like I talked about earlier, four stars, some of the bench players do return. They got their top two, man. They got Jamari Bouya. Definitely, I think he is an all-conference player uh, in this conference. And also Khalil Shabazz, who is another very talented player. I really think it depends on what the transfers can do and how impactful they can be alongside these four starters. You got Zane Meeks, a very good player from Nevada, coming over. And Patrick Tape, I mean, uh, he's kind of a fan favorite for me, but uh, we'll see if he can actually produce for the San Francisco team. But let's be honest, at Duke, he did not do much, unfortunately. But at Columbia, man, he was a very good player. So hopefully that translates over, not the Duke Patrick Tape, the Columbia Patrick Tape to San Francisco. If it does, I think this team's going to be very good in competing with Gonzaga. But uh, if not, I think this team can maybe drop a couple spots as BYU and LMU to probably leapfrog them. Yeah, speaking of Patrick Cape, a quote you haven't said in a year and a half, commit, decommit, recommit. I know you totally forgot about Yep. That. Oh, my goodness. I totally forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. That's one of the that's one of the greatest quotes we've had in, in this year. And uh, we got a lot more coming once the Big Ten arrives. Yeah, uh, you should definitely trademark that quote under your name. But, yeah, uh, for number three, I have BYU here, the beneficiary of this mid-episode switch. I definitely think they're a better all-around team than St. Mary's. Uh, the offensive firepower is there. Their defense is, is pretty solid. And obviously the West Coast preseason play of the year, in my opinion, Alex Barcelo is back. Indeed he is. And uh, he's going to be a very good player. Definitely an all-conference player. Could be obviously the player of the year in this conference, especially as well. Now approaching number two. I got St. Mary's here, number two. So I know it's a dark horse, but I think this team's hopefully going to be back on the rise as the top 10 do return for them. Experience over hype in this case, especially. So I got St. Mary's here looking to be very good. He talks about Tommy Coos coming back, uh, the leading scorer for St. Mary's. But also Logan Johnson and Matthias Tass are also coming back as well. All three double-digit scores. Watch out. I think, this team, I think this team has the offensive side of the game. I know you think it's a little bit lackluster. I think they have the offensive side of the game. The defense might be a question. But uh, if they can, I don't think they match up too, too well with the number one team, Gonzaga. But uh, this team could definitely give them a run for their money. So I'm very excited to see what St. Mary's can do. And if they can make it back to March. Because it seems like it's been a while since they've been in March uh, in terms of the past recent years. Yeah. Number two for me. I'm going. I'm a. I'm a big numbers guy. I'm going to go with San Fran here. This team is legit this year, and the Ken Palm rankings. If you guys don't know what the Ken Palm rankings are, it's like a bunch of hall uh, numbers, just a bunch of metrics on offense, defense, pace, just everything you can imagine, all put into one uh, person. The Ken Palm. That's his name, Ken Palm, and that's why he ranks him. He ranked San Fran at 32 based on all the metrics he uses. I'm a big believer in those kind of metrics as well. Four starters are back. Uh, led by that lethal backcourt you mentioned, Bouye and Shabazz, Patrick Tape, and this team beat UVA Virginia last year. Uh, Ed Morgan's son, uh, unfortunately, we couldn't watch it because of COVID. But, yeah, this team can score effortlessly. Watch out for this program. Yeah, definitely watch out. You remember this team beat Virginia early in that year. I remember it very vividly as well. Didn't really live up to the hype after being Virginia. And Virginia themselves didn't live up to the hype of being the Virginia we all know. They didn't have the greatest of years last year. Definitely, hopefully, will change as they are now ranked in the preseason poll. But now we move to number one. Who else? Gonzaga. Uh, every year, it's the same same stuff. Gonzaga, number one. Gonzaga going to be the one team in the AP poll that's going to be undefeated. They got all this stuff going on, but uh, there's not really too much to say about them. We know it's coming back. Drew Timmy, Andrew Nemhard return, and also some guys on the bench. And then you got Chet Holmgren, Hunter Salas, and Nolan Hickman, the five stars coming in. Also bringing in Rasir Bolton from Iowa State. 
you know what Gonzaga has, and you really know what you, – all you need to know is this team's going to be very good in the regular season. They're going to be okay in the postseason. They won't make it to the championship, and if they do, they're going to lose. That's really all you need to know about Gonzaga. Mark Few is gone for the first three games, though, after some incident uh, this past summer – or this this summer. Uh, so he will miss the first three games. One of the games they play, Texas. Watch out. Upset could be brewing. That might disturb Gonzaga's undefeated season. So uh, Gonzaga, you know what they're going with. A very good team. Got to give them the respect. But uh, when it comes to March, this team will not win the championship. Yeah. All my homies hate Gonzaga. That's what I wrote on my spreadsheet. But, yeah, uh, Gonzaga, you know what they're coming in. Very good program. Hot take, but not so hot take. They will not win the national championship this year. And I don't even think they'll go undefeated in conference play. My prediction for them in conference play, 15-3. and 15-3, and three, you said? Yeah, I think they're going to lose to San Fran once, BYU once, and St. Mary's once. Very bold. Sorry, I was drinking water. But very bold for you, losing three games. I don't know when the last time they lost three in games conference in conference play. play. In conference. What? In conference. I know, I'm talking about conference play. When's the last time they lost three games in conference play, do you know? I know, but I can look. I feel like it's been at least three or four years, if I do, if I think. I mean, you got to look at what they had last year. They, they went undefeated last year in conference play. Uh, the year before that, they lost to BYU. Is that correct? The year before that? Yeah. It's been – Guess how long? I think it's been like six years or seven years. You're right. 2015-16 season. Nah, so it's been a while, but uh, who knows? History could be brewing this year, especially with the uh, West Coast Conference being so talented. So I'd, I'd love to see it. You know, you know, we both love to see that, but uh, we'll see what happens. And, uh, yeah, so West Coast Conference, obviously, I'd probably deem it a high major this year, but it is the segue to those high major conferences regardless so, yeah, next episode we got is the American Conference. Very excited to get to that one as there's a lot of controversy going on in the American right now. Uh, they might be adding some more teams, it seems like, for the realignment uh, since they are losing some teams in the 2024 season. Uh, but, yes, I'm very excited for the American as it looks to be a two-headed race right now with Memphis and Houston. But uh, we'll see what happens and we'll see what else can pan out because you can never sleep on the American Although it is kind of fading away from the old American, it's still going to be a very good conference, though, so I'm excited to get to it. Yeah, and there's a bunch of Conference USA teams that have just recently uh, gotten some American invites. We'll go over that when we go over the American. And you might see a double episode today uh, just because we're running low on time. Yeah, I could definitely be seeing a double episode today. It's, we got to kind of pan it out and see what we do, but uh, yeah. We're going, we're going strong for these past, for these next three weeks until the season begins. And once that season begins, hopefully we'll turn up the gear a little bit more and do all the good stuff we did during the season. Uh, we'll also have to talk about the uh, preseason tournaments as well. Eventually, at some point, probably as the season begins, we'll get, cover those and we'll get our dark horse and winners for each of those uh, uh, tournaments. Excuse me. But, uh, yeah, the season's coming very soon, and uh, I'm just so excited to get to this season. There's still a lot we have to talk about. Still a lot of the best conferences in the nation we have to talk about as well. And uh, it's just really fun seeing all the preseason polls and all the preseason teams and uh, rankings coming out for every single conference now. So I'm just very excited to get to the uh, season because uh, I've been waiting for it for a while, and March is almost here. It's almost around the corner because once that season begins in three weeks, March is the next countdown. Yeah, definitely agree with you. And uh, we send our best to Dickie V, Dick Vitale, uh, once again diagnosed with cancer for the second time in 12 months. He is in surgery soon, and we hope uh, we wish him the best.
Yeah, we wish Dickie V the best, man. He is one of the best commentators. He is probably the most entertaining one, if I do say so myself. Uh, I know Bill Walton's up there as well, but uh, Dickie V, man, he is a special guy, and uh, I just love listening to his commentary during some of those fantastic games. So I believe he is planning to commentate some games around his schedule with Chemo. So uh, hopefully all, wishing him all the best to him and his family as well. But Dickie V, man, we love you, and we're standing behind you. So uh, we hope it's a speedy recovery, and we hope to see you back commentating full-time relatively soon. Yeah, and if you didn't read his uh his little thing when he said he diagnosed with cancer, you should read it. It's very inspiring. He said he's he's old. He has he's he's achieved everything he's wanted to, but he wants to do it for all for all the little kids out there. That that inspired me as well. Yeah, I might I might be seen as a little kid to him, but uh, he definitely inspired me as well, and uh, definitely look up to him. And he is one of the greatest commentators to do it. I know there's a lot of great guys you can say in the NCAA basketball field especially but Dickie V man he is one of the greats when it comes to commentating for basketball so I love him and uh, hopefully he does have his Peter Curry and also prayers out to his family but yes yeah, three weeks till the season begins man I'm just so excited and I can't wait to get back to the season because uh, it's been a while and uh, COVID kind of it definitely derailed last year especially so hopefully well a lot of uh it, it appears a lot of conferences are going to be having fans so that also brings a huge dynamic to it as well with a lot of these guys and players not playing under fans for most of the year. So that definitely brings a huge dynamic as well. So I'm just happy to see hopefully stadiums be jam-packed as we get the season started in three weeks. Yeah, good luck once again to the Red Sox. Big win yesterday for them. And the Celtics playing tomorrow. Good luck to them as well. Uh, Boston sports and all the sports is it's going. It's going. Yes, sir, it's going. Uh, shout out to Boston Mass. I got this shirt on today. Rothstein shirt will be coming on relatively soon, maybe in tonight's episode if we do one later today. But, uh, yeah, three weeks, not much else to say. American up next. We'll see you then. And now it is high major time. And that light, man, it's almost there at the end of that dark tunnel. So, uh, yeah, that is all we have for today's episode. Thank you guys for tuning in, as always. And it's always March, baby. It's always March, baby. Gonzaga will not win the national championship. Thank you. Thank you.